with Tiata Dishmaya, we're going to continue with our lessons of meeting with the King of Kings, Baruch Hashem. Hi, Hashem can help us get all the clarity that we need because this is such an important, it's an important phase in our life. We're here, we're here so that we can have this connection. We're here to only be close and be in the Vegas to our God. That's our purpose. And Bezat Hashem, Hashem should help us all get that, all get that. Um, and, and we will, we will. So now in this section, we're going to talk about Love of Hashem, Ahavas Hashem. So, Ahavas Hashem is a positive commandment in our Torah. It says, and you shall love Hashem your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your resources. And so here we see that everyone, everyone is obligated to love Hashem. The Pasuk mentions three levels of love. The heart, the soul, and resources. And so when the Mishnah and Avos explains that there are two kinds of Ahava, conditional love and unconditional love. And conditional love means that one's love is a result of receiving something. We have something, so therefore now, because of that, we love. But when this stops, then the love also stops. So on the other hand, unconditional love is an intrinsic bond. In other words, Ahava has the numerical value of Echad. And this ahava stems from an inner unity between the lover and the beloved. And so conditional love of Hashem can be found amongst the Gentiles, the Goyim, because they're capable of having love and gratitude towards those who benefit them. Unconditional love of the sort that we are discussing is only present in the Jewish people. This love is unity with the beloved, and only the Jewish people have unity with Hashem. As we know, Israel and Hashem are one. And so therefore, we can have this inner love. So in general, Gentiles, the Goyim, are only capable of conditional love. The Gemara says that if a Jewish person gives a coin to a poor person so that his own son will live, this action is valuable. Even if his son will not live he will still be glad that he gave the charity. And deep down, he really wants to give without receiving anything in return. This is unconditional love. But in the case of a Goy or a Gentile, if his son dies and there's no specific justification for his giving, the love ceases and he has no interest in giving. So it's clear that when attaining the attribute of Ahava, you, we have to first attain Ahava that's dependent on something, and then afterwards, a hava that is not dependent on anything. So the soul of a Jew contains both of these qualities, conditional and unconditional love. And we have to work to bring this latent love into action. So first, we have to uncover in our soul the conditional love, and then we can reveal the unconditional love. Because there's, there's, there's people born with unconditional love that's already apparent. And they may skip the first stage since the unconditional love is already revealed and they're unable to involve themselves with it immediately. So in order for, for, for one to possess even the conditional kind of a hava, we have to recognize from whom you are receiving. If you think that the item is actually yours and the gift won't inspire you to a hava. But if, for example, Reuben gives a gift to Shimon and Shimon thinks that Reuben is just returning something he had borrowed. This will not cause Shimon to love Reuben. It's the same is true regarding the love towards the Creator. First of all, we have to clearly recognize the benefits that Hashem has bestowed upon you. Only then will you be able to love your Creator with conditional love. 
And if you live without thinking that you will not sense the Creator's kindnesses, and it will be nearly impossible for you to truly love the Creator, even conditionally. And so therefore, you have to first contemplate and recognize the areas of life and the ways in which Hashem bestows kindness upon you. So your Avodah is to understand and to perceive that you yourself owes you owe nothing. You don't have anything. Every single thing that you possess, everything, everything comes from Hashem. It's not enough to have the awareness that Hashem has given you many gifts and is very kind to you. You have to recognize that every single thing is from Hashem and that everything you have is only an expression of Hashem's kindness. So take for example, a person buys a house. And after a number of years, the house goes up in value and he profits significantly. So a person might think that simply that Hashem was kind to him by giving him this profit. But that's not enough. A person has to consider that the very idea to buy that house was a gift from Hashem. So in other words, not only his material acquisition and pleasures, but every thought and feeling and every aspect of his body and soul is a gift from Hashem. Every good idea that comes to your mind is from Hashem. And so it is with even the smallest details. In the beginning of this avodah, you have to look at the bigger things like money and children. As, and as you progress, you have to see that your entire being, all of your being, including all your thoughts, feelings, and movements, without exception, are gifts and expressions of kindnesses from your Creator, blessed be His name. And so there's two parts to this negating the notion that that you think and you achieve things by yourself and the positive perception that everything is from Hashem and this is your avodah by nature a person rushes through life and doesn't think at all so his human nature gives him the sense that he's smart insightful and knowledgeable and so on and we have to therefore consider each detail where did I get this from through my own ability or from Hashem and so you have to generally think that you have help from Hashem in other words, you you know, you do most of the work, but Hashem helps out. The truth is not like that at all. Even uh, even your own efforts come only from Hashem's power. The good thoughts and the energy to work and acquire things that are all gift from Hashem's. The effort known as Ishtalut, which is a necessary personal effort that we need to do in this world, derives this energy and is associated wisdom and plans from Hashem everything then everything is only a gift from Hashem Ishbarak himself so in order to acquire the awareness that everything is from Hashem you have to sit you have to sit in a quiet place and think to yourself who gave me my husband or who gave me my wife and how did I merit him or her did I do this with my own strength and wisdom certainly not only Hashem only Hashem gave him or her to me. So all of my wisdom and other capabilities are only from Hashem. And in this manner, you should consider one detail after the other. If you live in a house and you're pleased with your acquisition, you should consider, who gave me this house? Did I find it with my own wisdom or was it from Hashem? You should train yourself to review all your possessions and consider one detail after the other for a long period of time day after day you have to first consider in your thoughts and then express it with your mouth you have to begin speaking in the third person hashem gave me and then you should switch to the second person you gave me 
And earlier, when we went when in a previous shiurim, we described the methods of speech in the second and third person. And you should continue with this process until you understand and feel that things don't come to you through your own power. And even if you employ wisdom and intelligence, those two are Geshem Hashem, who places wisdom and intelligence within a person. So you have no sense of ego here. It's merely like a guardian of an item. You have nothing of your own. And all you have, your body, your money, your thoughts, your speech, your feelings, and more, they're all, all of it is from Hashem. Everything is from Hashem. So when you have the privilege to actually feel these ideas, and you reach the level, which is expressed by Moshe and Aaron, of Naknuma, like we, what are we? and you feel that you don't have anything of your own and everything that you have is only from your creator, this is more than a mere desire to be humble. It's a perception of the truth because it's the MX of existence. Everything belongs to Hashem. And if you merely, and all we are is we're merely the guardian of this wisdom, of the money, of the children, and whatever else that you have, we're only the guardian. And you have to accustom yourself to this way of thought time and again and again and again, realizing that every area of your life, all areas of your life, you're only a guardian over things that are really, really belong to Hashem. The children are not yours, but it's a gift on loan from Hashem. The wisdom is not yours, but only a deposit. The money is not yours, but a deposit. You must not entertain the thought that something is yours. Everything, everything belongs to Hashem. And all is from Hashem. If something is yours, then it means that Hashem gave it to you as a deposit in order to serve Him with it. But nothing more than that. Nothing more than that. So when you feel that everything you have is a gift from the Creator, you have to ponder, why did Hashem give me these, these things? And you should answer, because He loves me. And all these gifts are expressions of His love towards me. And in this way, you should stop and think and then say, Master of the world, who gave me this object? You did. Why did you give it to me? Because you love me. And you should discuss each detail and mention Hashem's love each time until the idea that Hashem loves you is fixed in your heart. And you have to repeat this patiently thousands and tens of thousands of times with simplicity, focus, and an inner quiet. Look, after you have acquired conditional ahava in your heart, then your avodah will be to acquire the kind of ahava that's not dependent on anything. And we already mentioned that this attribute is already deep within us because Israel and Hashem are one. And so, of course, this is something that can only be perceived by, by the soul, not by our body. So, therefore, the whole essence of this ahava is a revelation of the inner essence of the Jewish soul. If a person, for a person to attain this level of unconditional love, in a solid way, and not merely pick up small fragments of it, your whole life has to revolve around Hashem. So all of your thoughts has to be focused on Hashem. You should be totally devoted to thoughts about Hashem's existence, and your thoughts and inner conversation should be with Hashem, so that you'll be, Hashem will be the center of your life always, at all times. And this way, you're going to experience a revelation of the concept that Hashem and Israel are one. So, all this can only occur only after you've successfully followed the path that we discussed up until this point. Your heart is going to then be pure and clean and Hashem is going to dwell within it. 
then your entire being will be attached to Hashem from the depth of your heart because you've nullified the thoughts of vanities of this world and, and, and you'll be totally immersed in thoughts about Hashem and there'll be no barrier preventing Hashem but from being revealed in your heart. Do you understand that? It's a very broad topic. And what we've touched upon is only a drop. <laughs> it's only a drop in the ocean. You have, however, tried to at least bring, bring yourself to a measure of understanding and the ability to seek the path that you're always going to live with Hashem and that you can merit to converse with Hashem with simplicity and with a feeling that Hashem is with you and actually within you all the time. And when you're, you're privileged to reach this level, then you'll be able to remember with every breath every breath that is in you that they're in the presence of Hashem that you're in the presence of Hashem even if you forget momentarily you're going to remind yourself immediately fortunate is the one who is always closely attached to Hashem and whose whole way of life is like this and so the inner path towards unconditional love requires contemplation and speech you have to contemplate well the nature of unconditional love and consider the examples in this world and consider our spiritual underlying essence until the ideas are fixed well in your mind and you possess complete faith that the unconditional love exists between Hashem and the Jewish people. And after that comes the Avodah through speech. And this is a very precious and wondrous avoda in which you select Pesukim that mentions Hashem's love towards the Jewish people and their love towards Him. And alternatively, the, you, you might select your own words according to your ability and you repeat a phrase many times for half an hour or an hour or more. Each person according to the affinity of your soul. And these words have to emanate from your heart, not just from your mind. And you have to persist with them for a very long time, guys. And this way your soul will be greatly fired with the love of your creator. And this has to be done with inner quiet and calm, as well as inner strength. Outer passion is only excitement. And excitement doesn't really penetrate the barrier that covers the soul. Only flashes of fire from the flame of God can burst through the barrier of the heart of stone that prevents the feelings of the soul from being revealed. Do you understand that? You should understand that very well. And when this is done with inner quiet and passion, and if you persist for a long time without fail, Hashem will surely accept your efforts and Hashem will remove any foreign barrier that prevents you from actually sensing the unconditional love that's there. Do you understand that? So this method is well known to Ovdei Hashem and it's not a new idea. It's also discussed in part in the work of Yesod, the Shoresh HaHavodah and it's been tested and proven many, many times but, but, Success requires that you be very solid in your Avodah Hashem and not prone to fool yourself at all. So I suggest that you take this and as we did before with writing, the reason why you're in this world on a piece of paper and looking at it every hour and then every 45 minutes and then every half an hour and then if, if every 15 minutes and then putting that wherever you are in all places at all times so you can have it constantly and be in awareness of your purpose to be in this world 
is to be close to your creator and to be the, the vacas to him, you should then now, if you've already mastered that, if you are already aware that your purpose in this world is only to be close to your creator and only to be in the vacas to him, then the next thing here, here is now let's find that love. And how do we do that? We have to start to see everything in our life and start to really look at it in detail, everything, and start to say, who gave me this? Who gave this to me? And as we just discussed, if you need to rewind this section over and over and over again, it behooves you to do that because you need to do this. You need to do this as often, thousands and thousands and thousands of times until it penetrates your heart. You understand? This works and it's proven to work. And it's known and it's brought down to our sages that this works, but this is what we need to do. And look how simple it sounds, but let's see how we can master our lives so that we can start to really just quiet ourselves till we can acknowledge this and verbalize it and talk about it to yourself, to yourself, because that's where it matters to yourself, because it's in your heart where this needs to be to yourself, because it's all about you and Hashem. It's all about you and Hashem. Okay. And now I want to open up a safer. Uh, a sefer that Baruch Hashem we were able to get our hands on and it's about it's about speaking to God actually interesting huh so it's about speaking to God and also it's it's also about loving God okay so I want to I want to talk about this all right um, and this sefer is called speaking to God and it's by Rabbi Zev Zev uh, Shostak it's amazing okay so According to the Ramban, and I just, I'm, I'm going through this safer because it's amazing, and it's very packed with a lot of amazing good stuff, and this, this talks about loving God. So according to the Ramban, it says that we perceive God through the power and beauty of his creations. And what is the way to love and fear God? It's when man contemplates his deeds and his mighty and marvelous creations and sees within them his infinite and inestimable uh, estimable, excuse me, wisdom. You immediately loves, praises, glorifies, and greatly desires to know your his great name. And so we may never have met a great artist, sculptor, or writer, yet we may still learn much about him from his creative works, where he revealed much of his vision, thinking, and talents. And so too, in a greater sense, our physical world reflects God's presence. So we may experience God through this world he has created for us. And we witness his presence in a glorious sunrise and the hues of vibrant sunset. We revere his power in a raging storm. And afterwards, we're calmed by the tranquility of wildlife gathering in a peaceful meadow. And when we behold some of God's magnificent, magnificent creations, the mighty Victoria Falls to the towering peaks of Mount Everest and the majestic panorama of the Grand Canyon, we're humbled. We're humbled by his presence. At that moment, we're all struck by the grandeur of God's work, and we feel tremendous appreciation to God for enabling us to experience such incredible beauty. And we love God when we recognize his wisdom in creating the human body and the ongoing miracles of life itself, all captured in the words of a most beautiful blessing. Asher Yassad es Hadam Bechoma. And so he who has formed man with wisdom and created within him's orifice and cavities. It's revealed and known before your throne of glory that if one of them were not were to be ruptured or sealed, it would be impossible to survive and stand before you. 
And so a great 11th century rabbi and philosopher, Rabbeinu Bahaya ben Yosef ibn Pakuda, expressed proof of God's very existence by his imprint on creation. So imagine a person bringing a sheet of handwriting that could only have been composed with a pen. And he claims that ink spilled on the paper and these written characters accidentally emerged. We would say that it is a fabrication for we would be certain that this result could not have been happened or could not have happened without an intelligent person's design. How can one claim that something far subtler than forming letters like the creation of the universe, which manifests such a depth and complexity infinitely beyond our comprehension could have happened without the purpose, power and wisdom of a wise and mighty designer. So even though Albert Einstein was not known to be a religious man, he intuited the spiritual beyond the physical. And in 1930, Einstein wrote to sense that behind everything that can be experienced, there is something that our minds cannot grasp, whose beauty and sublimity reaches us only indirectly. And this is religiousness. In this sense, I am devoutly religious man. Interesting. And so this is something that we have to ponder. We have to ponder God's the God's like complete completely like <laughs> magnanimous in terms of look just looking at his creations. Just look at his creations and then be in awe. Um as a new nation, the Jewish people actually heard, they heard God speak at Mount Sinai. And earlier there were eyewitnesses to God's plagues in Egypt. They saw God split the 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 the, 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 the Red Sea, and throughout their forty years in the desert, they continued to experience God's miracles firsthand. And truthfully, through our forefathers, though they witnessed these events, we personally never lived through them. But how do we relate to the miraculous events that happened to our ancestors, but not to us? And so, millions of our ancestors experienced these miraculous events in Egypt. Later. When they entered the land of Canaan, they shared their experiences with their children at their Passover Seder. And the fact that millions of our ancestors experienced these miracles personally and passed them down from generation to generation is the very essence of our oral tradition. And today's, today's parents convey what they were taught by their parents at their Seder, who heard it from their parents going back to the original Exodus. And so our retelling of the Exodus story, which relates to our people's experiences and relationship with God is nothing less than reliving our personal story. So this concept of making the Exodus narrative a special, a, a personal was, is the theme of the Seder night, and it's found in several sources. In every generation, a person is obligated to regard himself as though he actually left Egypt. As it says, you shall tell your son on that day, it is because of this that God took me out of Egypt. And we love God because he took us out of the land of Egypt and sustained us, a nation of millions, in the desert for 40 years. And to paraphrase the Haggadah, we realize that if God had not taken our forefathers out of Egypt, we would still be there, an assimilated people. So on the night of Passover, on the night of Pesach, we relive the experiences of our forefathers at the Seder because in a very real sense, we believe that their experiences are ours. And the first of the Ten Commandments, God introduces himself to the Jewish people as one who personally, who personally took each, each of us, each of us out of Egypt. I am your master, your God, 
who took you out of the land of Egypt from the house of slavery. And in this verse, God reveals that he's more than the creator of the vast universe, seemingly distant and unapproachable. He is, in fact, the compassionate redeemer of a downtrodden nation of slaves. He cared for each of them in ancient times, and he still, to this day, cares for each and every one of us today. Hazak u Baruch. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen ve Amen.